know. Listen, Dark Alphonse, you can't be on the podcast. Like, I, I, I appreciate you. I, I like you, but like, we just, I can't. You're, you're just so sonically unpleasant. You're sonically unpleasant. I, I'm not. I'm just not. Okay. You need to leave. I need to record this. We'll talk about it later. Okay. Whatever. Sorry about that. Um, um, that was, what? uh, that was dark Alphonse. Uh, that's what was behind me. Like when we were talking before you, I mean, you saw him, um, I saw something there, but I, m- maybe if we were, you know, a video podcast, this would be, this would be a little bit more useful. Yeah. I mean, maybe I can put up like some photos of him or something. We talk a lot about foreshadowing. I'm not foreshadowing this becoming a video podcast, but in the sense, in the, in the <laughs> case that, you know, we would have to get a, some sort of paranormal evidence uh Mm -hmm. that would be the ideal yeah yeah uh sadly there will be no paranormal evidence of uh shadow alphonse he is he is quite camera shy right um i mean you remember him uh we'd be hanging out at my parents place as kids and um we'd hear the sounds from like the attic and we didn't go up into the attic oh that was the one who fucking pissed your bed yeah he pissed my bed and he shit my bed and he came in my bed and all those crusty socks were his fault right um that's what i told my mom he was the one who would fucking stab me with a knife yeah yeah he stabbed you with a knife and there was that kid that like kind of pissed him off while he was playing soccer or while i was the kid pissed him off while i was playing soccer and he 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 stabbed them with a pencil The kid pissed off Dark Alphonse while you were playing soccer. <laughs> yeah. The yeah, kid yeah. was the kid was on the other team who was also playing. And Dark Alphonse <laughs> ran onto the fucking field. He man, he with can a knife. Move. I don't want to piss him off. I asked him, well see, I asked him if he had a switchblade and he said no, that was racist. And then later on he pulled out a switchblade. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> uh <laughs> So you said there's not going to be any paranormal evidence. There's also not going to be any paranormal activity because that's not what we're reviewing for this Halloween episode. Oh, is that like a movie series? Oh, it's about <laughs> some activity about um, a couple of normal people. <laughs> a pair of normal activity. <laughs> about some normal parents. Parent normal. No, just a no, just a pair of them. A pair of normies. Oh, right, right. Pair of normie activity. <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> Welcome to the bonus episode where we quite Hi. literally wrestle with our inner demons. Yeah. I mean, he's outside of me. I guess I do have some demons. <laughs> I told you we couldn't oh, go. Couldn't go a fucking hour without talking about cocks. Couldn't go fucking 10 minutes. Um so yeah, you gave me uh scary stories to tell in the dark yes scary stories with which you may freak your people out by telling them in the dark the (laughs) film not the not the not the stories the film uh with the screenplay by guillermo del toro which came out in 2019 now i'll note that he did he wasn't the sole person in charge of the screenplay no no he uh he wasn't the director but he did the screenplay for this but but I don't think he was the entire screenplay team. Oh, I either. see what you're saying. Yeah, no, I think that's yeah. I think that's correct. Honestly, like I I question how much of Tarantino or not Tarantino. Wow, uh, Guillermo del Toro's influence like remained in the in the film. Oh, really? Yeah, but we we can get into that later. So this is an adaptation of sorts of the scary stories to tell in the dark book series which are kind of a uh um oh they're children's books like, sort they're of like, an anth- they're like they're compilations yeah, they're, or anthologies of short stories yeah and they're mostly based on um like folklore and uh you know just urban legends yeah a lot of them are some of them i think are original creations as well um mm-hmm. my main relationship with them is that I, you know, I would take them out of the the school library because they were like, I started reading Goosebumps really young 
I was like four yeah, and I five that. reading Goosebumps. And so this was like the logical next step for you. <laughs> it was the logical next step for me. Um, they yeah. were kind of the edgier, you know, and they were more, they were kind of more neatly packaged as well. Uh, and I specifically remember yeah. actually you had one of these that had the Wendigo in it. Yes. Yeah, that's right. And uh, I remember reading that in your bedroom, having a sleepover as kids and, and getting all freaked out by the Wendigo. Yeah, yeah. Which is pati- particularly like a North American or if not Canadian like folklore. Yeah. Like Aboriginal folklore legend. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, the reason I wanted to give you this was because I saw it um, not that long ago, actually, like only a few months ago during like during the pandemic time. So is saying that going to yeah, date I, the podcast too much? That's fine. It uh, can okay. be dated. People people like dates. Yeah. So I, I saw it like a little while ago and um, I was instantly like, yeah, Alphonse would like this because I felt like it was. You know, they're kids stories, but uh, the movie I felt like was aimed at the audience that read the books. Right. Who are people our age now, right? So it's aimed at like an adult audience, which I appreciated. It's not trying to make, it's not softened. You know what I mean? Okay. I kind of, yeah, I, I would, I would agree. So, hmm. I don't know where to start necessarily. How about start with, uh. Yeah, I'm fucking going to Nam. Wait, when was that? Right at the beginning. Oh yeah, yeah. Right at the beginning, they show the uh, uh, Tommy and his goons, uh, and they're kind of like signing up for Nam to go off to Nam, and you know that 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 was a whole fun era. Kill the commies. Yeah, kill the commies. Kill the socialists. I mean, communists. Yeah, basically. That's <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, it kind of opens like showing off all the different characters and everything. Yeah. And uh, sort of our main group of characters are preparing some sort of prank. Um, And we see this character, uh, Chuck, and he is fishing turds out of the toilet. Yeah, they're on the walkie talkies and he's like he's sniffing the turd in his like fish bowl net. Yeah. And we see like. His fucking sister comes over and is like, oh, what the fuck are you doing? And I'm just like, why wouldn't you close the fucking door, my guy? You're fishing turds. Yeah. Right. And has he been collecting turds for like months? Does his family just not flush? Like they have have a lot of turds, it seems. No, it's just the one bag of poop. Right. What are they throwing again? Is it just like... Oh, it's eggs. They yeah, egg well, the car he, and he then holds they out the, the sack of candy, which is just like dirty underwear, like boxers and shit. Yeah. And then once they come back and realize, oh, this isn't candy, he throws the bag of shit in and it's on fire and they start egging the, the car afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe they give it to them and then they start egging and that's why they turn around and then he throws the shit in. Either way. I think they let them. They throw a bag of shit. They let them grab the bag yeah which is full of the underwear yeah and then they are driving and then they like start to back up and that's when they start egging them and then i think that that that's when they throw the the flaming shit into the car right yes it's a good one and you know why because i think it it kind of perfectly like it sets up these character archetypes of like here's your nerds and your bullies right and it's like oh this year we're finally gonna get back at them yeah and they do. They do in a very meaningful way. And it's clear that Tommy's like a piece of shit right from the start, like right to the core. Yeah. Like if you're beating up a scarecrow, like literally an inanimate object, you're just a shitty fucking kid. <laughs> you're shitty. Yeah, yeah. Poor, poor Harold. Yeah. Harold is, Harold looks like John C. Riley, by the way. He kind of does. Yeah. Like if you melted John C. Riley's face. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Something that kind of bugged me right off the bat was like, I really don't like Chuck and like, it feels like he's supposed to be like mentally disabled and is doing like a horrible, horrible, like impression of that. Chuck is? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. How? It was mostly that like I was watching it and I actually, I didn't pick up on like that that was what they were doing. Um at first because 
like it, it just seemed like so poorly done. But then as we were watching it, I was watching it with uh, Alyssa and who who has like a, a psych major. Right. And she pointed out that like he is clearly supposed to be like mentally disabled in some way or he's like this character archetype that is basically like it's a classic like trope of this type of horror where like one of the kids is like disabled or just like extremely stupid to the point of like portraying a disabled character poorly really yeah and i I just i don't know the whole time he just really like rubbed me the wrong way with that that's interesting i i actually i didn't find that at all i mean i thought that his just his character in general rubbed me the wrong way yeah i mean i think i think it'll be easiest to come at this just like right off the bat i did not enjoy this movie really like at all well actually i won't say at all because i did like a lot of the special effects for the monsters themselves and about half the time i liked how those scenes were carried out but like there's I don't know. A lot of the acting, like almost everyone except for Stella, the acting feels like really off and just like very stilted. Do you think that it's just because it's child actors? Well, not they're not even children. They're see, like they're teenagers. See, that's my thing, right? Yeah. Is like they aren't child actors. I just think that they're like not very good or maybe like the direction is weird. Um this director is actually like Norwegian and it's only his like second film in English. Right. Uh, so it could totally be like how his direction affected their acting. For, furthermore, there's like a lot of just expository dialogue that feels really clumsy. Yeah, there is a lot of that kind of throughout the whole film. There's uh, I think it does see this is interesting because um, what I thought you would like about it is uh monster design first of all yeah uh and then i also thought that you would actually appreciate the fact that it was it's very much a classic horror film that knows it is a classic horror film um you know they go to the drive-in like it's as explicit as going to the drive-in and watching night of the living dead and it's like it's a movie that is similar in style and structure to a lot of like 70s horror films yeah. And it's set in the 70s. And so I was like, yeah, I, I thought that you would appreciate that as like a narrative device and as something that tries to kind of evoke that genre more. See, like, I, you know, I can appreciate that that's what they're going for. But for me, it it's still tied up in the trappings of like current uh, horror, especially like young adult horror stuff like uh, it as well, like the modern version of it right which you didn't enjoy which i also did not enjoy um it's trying to do that type of horror but it doesn't take the time to build up the atmosphere or the characters and that's what's actually like compelling about those movies and what makes that aesthetic work i think is that like they didn't have to have the pacing of a blockbuster film that these movies now like try to go for while simultaneously trying to go for that aesthetic right And I just I find it like ends up with it being very rushed and you don't get the sense of like, oh, this is like Elm Street. This is like the this is Crystal Lake or anything like that. You don't get the same like sense of environment from it of the setting. Yeah. And I certainly didn't feel anything between these characters like the character relations uh, almost seemed like the group of four could be split into two halves that were totally separate where Chuck and Augie are, you know, the one half where it's just kind of like, oh, these two dudes who are friends but seem to fucking hate each other. And like, there's no, <laughs> yeah. there doesn't seem to be any fucking redeeming points between their relationship. And then uh, Ramon and uh, Stella, who just, you know, there's like kind of a romance there, but it really doesn't do much to build up a romance or like tie them together. It's like, okay, they both like, spooky stories right and that's about it oh this is great this is great because i think we had such different interpretations of this Mm. so i really saw it as you know i mean it's pretty obvious that there's like the the relationships i do agree are kind of poorly written and like just 
they're like they're friends go right yeah um i thought that stella chuck and augie were just fucking jimmy sheen and carl basically (laughs) they like the dynamic is all there in the same way yeah i I guess i don't i don't feel like any of them fill that role like as hard as like any of the other characters like like i guess stella would be jimmy in this case yeah yeah just but like i don't think of her as like specifically super intelligent i just think like oh she's like a dorky girl who likes to write and is like you know clever but like that's about it she's kind of just like the protagonist she yeah she really is and like i do like how this is a three-man group instead of having the protagonist be the normal guy and then having like the girl of the group yeah but then even then like they do bring in ramon who almost becomes like the normal guy main character of the group yeah he's kind of he's kind of like the muscle and stella is like the brain yeah he's like the roguish archetype and like i do like i like his character a bit more than like chuck and augie for sure right one thing i think could have worked better was if they filmed these almost like vignettes yeah and they made like they made each story its own thing uh separately and then kind of have had them intertwine yeah absolutely uh, instead of having like the same group of characters experience all three in like a very sequential and i think that probably would have served to allow more time for the setting to be explained through like three or four different groups of characters yeah and their own experiences with the setting um and so it's possible that it suffers from like trying to do too much too quickly yeah well and i I think like by trying to do too much too quickly but also like i imagine this could have been something that was added in the script like during punch up um i think because they tried to do so much so quickly they were then like oh we need to like have more exposition we need more dialogue explaining like what is happening here even though like a lot of that dialogue could be explained just kind of self-evidently right like yeah like just showing to yeah 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 and they kind of do that um yeah i think there are some scenes that are kind of unnecessary with the uh going to like the stereotypical like fortune teller type old blind woman yeah the the mystical black person trope which yeah. is a classic <laughs> yeah. especially of like a stephen king style horror exactly yeah 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 there i when i saw that i kind of rolled my eyes like oh of course of course this is in here but no i don't think that this is a bad movie uh i think that i think that this movie does its job uh, it, it sets out what it what it's trying to do and it accomplishes it. It does have a very standard, you know, plot arc. Kids awaken some evil, bad thing happens. They try to take back the thing that caused the evil when she returns the book. Bad things still happen and then they have to figure it out and they go and like learn some dark lore and figure out how to beat it, right? I think this is a bad movie. Like, absolutely. Oh, I disagree. But like, that's fair. And we will discuss that further um like yeah like obviously i have an issue of like oh this is like a very standard story and it's been done a billion times but i think it's also worth noting that that's a story from like the 70s in this like style and iteration and it's just like i don't think it's unfair to want at least something interesting that is a change to that or new you know like something something new not not necessarily that like new is better or anything but just that i want there to be anything other than like the typical thing and even then i don't think this is a great execution of that like formula i don't think it's a problem to want to appeal to source material though either and present that uh old material or or material that's familiar to people in a new format and sometimes to do that through a standard narrative i guess a a standard like narrative form that people are 
comfortable with. It's like, yeah, okay, they've literally just taken these stories and adapted them to film, which is something that I could see. Like if people take something that you have a fondness for and they really fuck with it, mm-hmm. then you might get more angry at them. And if they're trying to do justice to some of these stories. But see, like that's I, I think that's my issue too, is like they aren't adapting, they aren't making like a re-release of, you know, it would be like the example that jumps to mind yeah. of like this kind of formula. That's like the best example I can think of. Right. Um, of like kids finding the secret dark thing in the town, in the town's history and fixing the problem. Um, I, I think that this is like, I, I, they're, they're not adapting that, you know, they're adapting these like short stories and I don't think they do a particularly good job of adapting the short stories either. I think they capture the visuals really well, but like, it's almost like someone had a script and then needed to put in the scary scenes and they just kind of took the drawings from the scary stories books and like the gist of it, like with the spiders thing, like she doesn't think that that's a spider bite in the original. She thinks that it's a pimple, which makes like more sense when she pops it. And like, I feel like it would be more horrifying if it was like thought to be a pimple the whole time. No, this is funny because um, I actually thought the opposite because when she's in the bathroom, like putting whatever cover up on it and he's like, oh, you've got a fucking pimple. She's like, it's a spider bite, you idiot. Leave me alone. Or she calls him a butt pimple, actually, which is funny. Um, Right. Because I think that that character is supposed to be like so vain that like, no, no, I can't get pimples. So it has to be a spider bite. And then later on, when they pull up in the car after Augie goes missing, uh, Chuck and what's her name? Ruth. He's like, yeah, you fucking weren't so busy putting zit cream all over your face. And she's like, well, I wouldn't even have acne if it wasn't for having to deal with you. You stress me the fuck out. And so like, yeah, she does acknowledge it's just like her vanity that makes the spider bite thing and i think that was just uh, a clever bit of foreshadowing actually okay yeah i mean i do i do think it's nice that like she gets that spider bite in the scene where they're in the uh in the like haunted house um and like that sets up for it later right well and i was gonna go on to say like augie's fate with the stew like it, it just feels like um like he doesn't even eat the toe. The toe is like still in the kitchen and then this like thing still like comes for him and like that that seems to like betray the rules of like what this creature is because the real horror of that short story is that like this person is trying to like get the toe out of them to give back to it to get away. Yeah, I there was a problem with that one for sure, but he kind of like he realizes that the toe is in his mouth. Yeah. And then disappears anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And and there's an issue with like, you know, I think that there's an issue with it, it's maybe a problem with me where anytime that I'm watching something, I'm so aware of the fact that like this was made by someone. And like, if it's following a formula like this, I'm going to immediately see where they're trying to lead characters. And a really good example of that was with Chuck when um, when they're trying to get into the red room to do more research, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and he doesn't want to go there. So he uh, runs away. And the moment that I I saw that, I, I took a note. Yeah, well, of course, you're like, okay, he's going to go get into trouble now. Yeah, well... He's going off by himself in a hospital. Yeah, but like, yeah, he's like, I don't want to go. And... It just seems like he could have just been like, hey, sorry, I got lost. Can you guys like let me out to like anyone? But instead, he's just running away from everyone the whole time. And it's just I I wrote before that happened when he was like, just like the moment that he heard the word red room and was like scared by it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I turned to Alyssa and I was like, he's going to run away and then he's going to get got because he won't talk to anyone. Yeah. And then that immediately or that didn't even immediately happen within like 15 minutes. He was dead. And that scene where he gets got by the the like pale lady. It's great. That's a really well done scene. I really like there's like this sense of like like 
oncoming dread. Like there's nothing he can do to escape her in that moment. Right. He's going to get got. Yeah. Like, and, and he's turning around in these hallways and like, there keeps being like more and more of her. Like she's just always like around the corner. And there's actually a really nice shot where there is like, it opens a doorway into a room with two doorways and the middle section of wall between the two doorways is kind of blocking what you can see down the hallway that he's about to go down. And as the camera pans, you see that the pale lady is like down that hall as well. Right. Yeah. Like I thought that was really well done. And the way that she just kind of like absorbs him is really horrifying. That was the one that I thought would have been your favorite like death scene in this. Yes, for sure. And she's just like, and she does it with this like, you know, this dead face that's very like comforting. This like, hmm, hmm, like, come here. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. And it's very, uh, it's just very off-putting. And the way that she's done like by their effects team is like amazing. She looks great. Yeah, she does Um, look great. Going back to the spiders, though, did you catch that like, the girl literally goes straight to the mental institution from the school. Like, no, she, no, she gets put into an ambulance first. Cause the ambulance show up, ambulance shows up outside the, the fucking school. And then it's the next day. And it's not until they get sent to jail that the cop is like, yeah, she's going to be in an institution for the rest of her life. No, no, Chuck has a line saying like, oh, she's gone. They're putting her in the loony bin or something as the ambulance drives away. Really? Which is like absurd. Yeah. No, I must have missed that. The uh, The idea that like before they've even treated her like face wound from the fucking thing, they're just like, oh, yeah, she's going to be real fucked up. We got to throw her in <laughs> like that's just the fucking worst. Hey, it's the 70s, man. They were still doing lobotomies for all I know. <laughs> Who I fucking mean, you, you do have a point there, but like, <laughs> oh, man. Fuck. You've seen one. You've seen one flew over the cuckoo's nest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I want to talk about uh, the way that they date this film. Okay. That they try to like set up the time period. Yeah. Like they just. All they do is just show a lot of scenes where Nixon is around and then like there's the the kids signing up for war, but I'm not even sure if it like says which one at the time, like in that shot. It does at the beginning. He's like, I'm doing it. I'm going to Nam. Okay. Okay. Yeah. He says that, but it's also like the cars. Oh, for sure. There's like things about the the set dressing as well, but like even then it doesn't feel a lot of the set dressing feels pretty like kind of vague. Like, yeah, I don't disagree. Like it could be anywhere between like, I don't know, fifties and eighties. Right. So it feels like all that, what they really push on you is Nixon. Nixon is everywhere. Every time that there's a fucking TV or a radio, it's talking about Nixon. True. And, and like it just, that felt really clumsy to me. And then, um, the fucking the thing that really got me as we were watching it was um there's uh, uh let me see if i can find it in my lines yeah there's a scene it's when they go to meet the mystical black person um and <laughs> yeah. i think it's i think it's that lady's uh daughter is kind of letting them in okay and uh the tv it cuts to the tv and fucking nixon is doing his like double yeah. piece signs like yeah. i am not a he crook. just won the election bullshit yeah yeah and she says to them in a line that feels straight out of walk hard or like jojo rabbit she's like tricky dicky that's what we call the president like (laughs) are you fucking serious well hold on so i think you have to understand that it wants so for example ramon is a draft dodger which it talks about and he's fucking running away it's also supposed to be like Like, I I don't disagree that it's kind of ham-handed where it's like it tries to set, you know, set it up. But it's also like it's supposed to be a re-election year. It's supposed to be the middle of the war. It's supposed to be, it's continuously giving contextual clues in the writing 
that justify why it's always on the fucking news. If you go into any yeah. old person's house right now, it's the news. Oh, for sure. Like if there's, it's just the way it is. So, you know, if it, if it's a fucking convenience store and there's Buddy sitting in there just looking at the TV, yep, just got to keep an eye on the election. You know, it's just the it's just the way that it is, especially at the time. Like it was a very tumultuous time. But I, I feel like the way that it handles it within the lens of the film is very clumsy. Like that is true, but like it feels like it, it feels like if I stepped back in time and someone grabbed my head and just pointed it at a TV and was like, look at this. This is what's important here. When like so far, it doesn't seem to really have any ties to the story and like the one of the particular like moments that really bothered me is Ramon and Stella are sitting next to each other on the bus and then behind them is Chuck and he's like laying on the seat trying to sleep or something okay I don't know um and behind him there are like two like older guys and they're talking about Nam and it's like okay this is to set up for Ramon's like draft dodger type of like history right Mm -hmm. so why the fuck is it chuck who's like engaged with that like ramon doesn't even fucking notice that they're talking about it him and stella are just having a great little chat about this spooky mystery they're on and like it doesn't it doesn't touch him in any way that like this is a subject like it's almost trying to build up two things at once where like it's trying to it's trying to build up Ramon and Stella's relationship, but also the nom thing. Yeah. And like, I don't think it does a very good job of building up either, honestly. Okay. Um, yeah. There's also like, there's, there's bits like, I just think the writing in this fucking movie is awful. Honestly, like especially dialogue writing, like really there's, yeah. Uh, there's like, the the scene with the title drop where like Stella I think they're in like the the mansion at that point it's like during that early scene and they were like oh yeah Sarah used to write all these all these uh stories and then Stella's like scary stories and like it it's just like (laughs) that's just the line on its own right and she just says it and it's like "Uh uh-huh yeah I got that I did I did choose this movie to watch and I put it on and I know it's called that. And it's just a fucking weird line that's just in there to be like, yeah, right. Title drop. Huh? See, I don't, I mean, there are lots of title drops in things for sure. And like some are good, some are bad. Yeah. Yeah. I just think this one was like, why is it even in there? It just seems weird. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about you. Hmm. <laughs> Um, I think that you have a, I think that you have a bad habit of sometimes when you find things that you don't like, you continually, like you get continuously more nitpicky about them. Sure. Until it's like you completely deconstruct the thing and it's all garbage to you. Well, see, that's the thing. This isn't all garbage. There was visuals that I liked, but like you've got to understand that like from square like i came into this being like ready to like it pretty excited to see it like i was like okay cool and then it consistently like disappointed me as it went on and like even if i'm like being nitpicky like the the there wouldn't even be that much compounded nitpick tax at this point because this was within like the first like four scenes maybe like it's pretty early that they go into the mansion and they're talking about, you know, like Sarah and like what the history there is. And this line is like fairly early on in. And I think even if I'm being nitpicky, like it's not good if the movie has failed to bring me in enough for me to not be nitpicky. You know, I suppose that's true. Yeah. I think, um, a lot of my notes are kind of reading over them. Now, a lot of them are, you know, this this was a very standard mechanic to use, or this was a very like normal interaction that you've seen before, um, mm-hmm. or that you know you mentioned that uh, they're, well, the friends are kind of stupid um, when they're at the when they're at the drive-in and she gets out of the car after Buddy's like, hey, "You fucking run away, your mom, huh?" 
and then they're like yeah her mom ran away and like her she feels blamed for it and yeah and they don't even know who ramon is yeah no that scene is that was like where the problem with the exposition really was like oh hey this movie is gonna have a lot of real bad exposition scenes right what do you think they could have done well you said that that you could have them have that through visuals I think her mom running away didn't even have to be fucking part of it. It's just like a nothing plot point that doesn't go anywhere and just kind of like it's there to like fill out the character. But they really with it not being that important to the plot, they would have gotten that across with just like her taking care of her dad and putting the fucking blanket over him. It's like totally unnecessary. I wish the dad had more of a role in this. Same. Yeah, I wish that he I wish that he became the fucking hero of it after that cop got killed. And he and he's like a good actor too. Like he was in fucking Breaking, yeah, Breaking Bad, Bad, yelling about minerals and rocks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, well, here's the thing. See, I think that it's that he is supposed to be this kind of unsung hero character that doesn't. He doesn't even have time to be unsung. He doesn't have time to be the become the hero. He's like, D- you're not going to kill yourself because your mom left, are you? Right. Don't. What do you mean? And they just start crying on the phone. And it's like, oh, dad, if I go missing, oh, why would you go missing? Your mom. I love you. Your mom. And that's what that interaction is. When it's like, he could have been like, I'm going to go find my daughter now. Right? Like, you could have done something with that. I mean, I imagine, see, this is the thing, because there's no, hmm, I'm trying to think. Like, if you get that phone call, what are you going to do? You're going to call the police. Yeah. Your daughter's at the police station. Yeah, right? It would have been that simple. Yeah, and then and then he would have like drove over there or something. Yeah, you know? and it sounds like they kn- well, the cop seems to know who Stella is. Yeah, for sure. Like she He certainly knows who Ramon is. They they kind of know each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. There's also a line, uh, you don't read the book, the, the book, book reads, reads you. you. Yeah. I fucking... It's, it's great. It's a great it's the line. the worst. No, because, no, it's great because this is like, this is like Jumanji, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, it's, you know, you've, <laughs> where it's, this, this is a, a perfect example of like intentional, obvious. <laughs> what if the mom came out of the book? Holy like shit, fucking, that'd be good. Yeah. Sarah was the mom the whole time. That's what I like thought it was building up to because I wanted anything to come out of the fucking plot line. But nope, it was just what about the ending when, uh, you know, they do the split reality thing in the house? What did you think of that? Oh, like the time time period shit? Yeah, like where they're dragging they're dragging Stella. You know, the Sarah's family is dragging Stella and calling her Sarah and like. Yeah, what was your interpretation of that scene? I was, like, interested, and then it didn't do anything with it. It was just like, okay, I guess she's going through what Sarah went through. But, like, she already knows that Sarah is innocent and, like, is, like, ready to advocate for her. So it doesn't, like, it doesn't change anything in our characters. It just gives a reason for them to be, like, separated and then Ramon is like dealing with the the what is it the Doty Walker? Yeah, yeah. But see, this is the I th- see. I think that that is supposed to be uh, Stella's story at the end is reliving what Sarah lived because Stella is the writer also. Yeah, and Sarah's the writer, and so it's supposed to have to have her as her story endure all of the same horrors that Sarah that Sarah endured. But even then she doesn't really like she isn't like electrocuted or anything like No, she doesn't go that far, right? And she's she's locked in the door like in that little cellar area, but it's like for a couple minutes until Buddy gets her. Yeah, like it Well, it would have gone further though. Like that's the thing. Sure. It just Otherwise the movie wouldn't have had a, you know, a happy ending. It didn't seem to like move the character motivations in any way that would like change how that would happen. Like she was already going in there to try and return the book and like clear 
Sarah's like conscience or not clear Sarah's conscience, but like clear her name in a way like, yeah, that's true. But none of the, like when you think about it, none of the stories influence what the characters course of actions are. Yeah. Right. It's just like this thing they have to contend with as they're like, because it's really curiosity killed the cat. If you had to put this in a, in a sentence. Sure. Because Stella wants to know, fuck, of course they have to be both ass names like this. Stella wants to read. She's like, oh yeah, this cool lore. I found out her book. This is her actual book. And then she checks it out and it's like, an evil has been released. You shouldn't have done that. And then it's like, geez, I have to stop this from happening. So all of the bad things that happen, they don't ever weigh on them like that, on what the characters are trying to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this is like kind of an issue I have too, is like Ramon with the Dowdy Walker, like that is tied into his past because he has that line where he says like that his brother came back in pieces. Right. And like that ties into its ability to like split into pieces. And I actually, I like that quite a bit. Um, but like, did Augie have like a fucking foot fetish? Did he just want to suck some toes? And this is like his sins coming for him. Like <laughs> is, is Chuck like just really into vor? Like, right. Why, what, what connects those fates to them? You know, right. There's right, not really any, any tie. And I, I feel like that almost makes Ramon's, uh, thing with the Dowdy Walker, like more annoying to me because, it it's like why is this one specifically like oh you're a draft dodger and i hate that because i love freedom (laughs) like well see i don't think like um you know tommy becoming the scarecrow which i love that scene is one of my favorites in the movie yeah it's super cool um that is you know he becomes the scarecrow because he abuses the scarecrow all the fucking time yeah and that is what that uh what that story is the story herald is these two guys who fucking they make this scarecrow and they, they put him out every day and they bring him in every night. And then after a while they start to get creeped out by it and then they start abusing it. And then they just see him fucking walking around all of a sudden anyway. And so basically Tommy is abusing this thing and it eventually has enough and comes after him and consumes him. Yeah. I do really like that scene. I like how it's done. Um, I have a, I, now this is a nitpick and I will say it like, clearly that it is a nitpick okay but the way that the scene of him turning into it ends with him like barfing onto the camera it just like it it's so whack and it, it is very like old school horror as well so like i kind of give it a pass there too but i felt like it like lingered on it for a moment and like the effect of it kind of looked a little weird oh or but like, that that is a nitpick be- for sure that is where the the straw comes out of his mouth it's like upwards though it's not downwards i think it's like him screaming yeah, and the straw he, like protruding from his face well i think he's i think he's like throwing up the straw but right. the camera Either is way. looking up at his face oh okay i thought it yeah. was the other way but that's fine um but see, so that, but what I was trying to say is that that is a, you know, he becomes a scarecrow because he abuses a scarecrow. And then Ruth has this sort of extreme vanity and so that ruins her face. Yeah. Right. And so I agree that it's not clear uh, with everyone, but at least some of the time it's clear enough consistently that it makes sense for Sarah's to be like, this is her story. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like it's kind of, it's, it's hit and miss for me, but like, I get what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't really like feel like there's like a whole ton of a tie between Sarah and Stella. Like, and maybe that's like partially on me for kind of, thinking that maybe the lost mom would like serve as some connective tissue between their stories. Right. But yeah, it just, it, it just sort of seemed like, yeah, they're both, they're both writers. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, I thought a lot of the jump scares in this movie were like, just really lame. Like really? Yeah. There's not that just, many. I don't think there's, there's a few, few as someone who like just doesn't like jump scares period 
and yeah. like I, f- I find them pretty like kind of a cheap way to be scary like mm-hmm. i i'm down with a jump scare if it's got like a good buildup, you know and like really earns it but i don't i don't want a lot of them and there was like three or four and literally one of them was just like the camera is on stella as she's talking and then she stamps her foot and says one of the words like louder and the camera cuts and that is the jump scare right and it's just like oh okay See, this sure. is interesting because I didn't take note of any of the jump scares except one, um, okay. which is when Augie gets pulled under the bed. Yeah. And I thought that that was a really good one, actually, because he's like, because, and it, it might even go back to what you were saying about like, he didn't actually eat the toe, right? And so if you know the story, you know, like, well, he didn't eat the toe, he should be fine. So the zombie corpse comes into the room it's like my toe, uh. and then it's looking around. He's under the bed. He doesn't see it anywhere, and then he slowly looks up. And right as soon as your brain notices that there's nothing on the bed, he gets pulled under, and it's like, oh fuck, yeah. And it's it lingers just long enough for you to be like, yeah, it's safe. Long enough for you to think a jump scare is coming, and then think it's not. Yeah, I see that's that's pretty funny because like I actually called this jump scare to the moment uh, with Alyssa where like I was watching it and I was like, yep, he's going to turn around so that he's on his back and then he's going to look up at the like above the bed and it's not going to be there. And then now and like that was the moment that he got pulled. Uh, It was more so that I was reading the like the music, the like stinger tone that was building up. And I was like, yeah, and this seems like the right timing. Yeah. So it gets totally silent there. It, it does, but like, there's like a tone, maybe I'm just imagining the tone and it was more that I was just reading the timing and like the camera work, but there was, I just, I could feel it coming and it just like kind of happened. You know, it's going to happen. Like you, you do know that it's going to happen. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I'm saying that but was one of the better ones. It, it was definitely better than the other two. The other two, I would say, were bad. But I that one right. was like, that one was fine if predictable. It's also the only one that, like the only um, death that happens as a jump scare. Like the, you know, the one with Chuck is so much more horrifying because you see it coming for so long. Because it's inevitable. Because you just like have to experience this kid's death slowly but surely yeah 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 i i was kind of like i i feel like that that whole scene like didn't really resonate with me in any way i was just kind of like the toe one yeah like oh yeah okay this is the scene where he dies yeah i think that's a weaker one mm-hmm. although i really like the zombie this like the design once again really cool right. um they're Okay, so one of the things that I did really like was a just a specific, very brief shot when Chuck is in the wardrobe and he opens oh, the yeah. door of it back up and he sees out into like the old timey version of the room. Mm-hmm. And there's like this huge like uh, Doberman, I think, and this like weird old lady on the bed. And it just like that shot in particular is like gorgeous it looks so good it has a jump scare off of that when he like goes back in when augie opens it up and i'm like okay that's fine but like i almost feel like by putting a jump scare there they diffuse the like eeriness built up by that uh by that like weird scene yeah yeah i mean here's the thing and we could talk about this all day probably, but jump scares just are have been done so much that it's not an effective horror mechanism anymore, period. Like everybody yeah. knows a jump scare is coming. Yeah, yeah, for Unless sure. you're like a real fucking wuss. And lots of people are. Yeah, well, it's, it's either... I, I think that like there is a way to do jump scares, but you need to like basically ignore the rules of how to do a jump scare. Have no build up at all. Yeah, yeah. You need to go like fucking like internet screamer type shit on the jump scare. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, that's good. The fucking the Exorcist maze jump scare. <laughs> yeah, and it just Fuck screams me. at you. The worst, worst, man. That fucked me up as a kid. Oh yeah, hundred. I haven't even seen The Exorcist. I've just seen that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> man, let's do that sometime. Okay. Um, going back to Sarah for a minute. Sure. Um, they say that she was persecuted, kind of for having acromasia albinism. Right. Acromasia is albinism they're they both mean the same thing so they basically said like albino albinism (laughs) yeah like it's it was just that's that's a nitpick for sure but um well who wrote it like did the director write it did someone with english as their second language write it was it translated from something else into english maybe i don't know i don't think so unlikely that you would have a not yeah yeah, and then I kind of want to want to talk about the Doughty Walker. Yeah, sure. I I honestly I as much as I like do appreciate like its design of like how it moves and like the fact that it can like come apart. Yeah, as like part of Ramon's backstory and everything. I I kind of think that this is like the worst looking creature out of all of them. Like, really, and, and by worst I mean like most like poorly poorly handled yeah i i agree with that it looks the most fake but it's also like it's kind of fucking hard like when you've got all the limbs coming together it's kind of hard to make that look good i think yeah like for sure on that but like i think that i think that was fine okay what i have more issue with is like the way that it's conveyed like during pursuit it feels like it has like it has too much lighting on it like you can see too much of it all at once and it kind of makes it feel like oh that's just like a dude and he can rotate his limbs weird but that's kind of what it is for sure but like you can do so much more in horror with lighting like just visually to like obscure that and like make it more scary like if there was like maybe the lights are kind of flickering in the in the jail cell room or maybe like i see what you mean and have like it would make the movements look so much less natural yeah and then like yeah you could have it like pursuing ramon's car maybe it chases it and like the street lights are the only thing illuminating it and then it like goes through patches of darkness and all you can see is like its eyes or something you know right there's there's ways to have done it that like I feel like would be more effective where it's like yeah yeah um and I I think what really like was something that really bugged me was that he slams it into like another car like between his car and the other car and it gets trapped there and it falls apart to get out right but the torso is one piece and the torso is what's pinned there. So how does falling yes. apart help it get out? It's a good question. After it does that, it like delivers a jump scare where it lingers on the on the shot there. And it's like, OK, there's going to be like a thing. And then the jump scare is like really shitty in that the hands come up first and then the head. And it like f- is really off time with the stinger. So there's no like jump to it. It's just kind of like. Ah, uh, I'm here, and yeah. it kind of like, like comes does up. a f- yeah, and it kind of does a face, and it just it feels very like goofy. It's like oh, he's he's just a little scamp, you know, <laughs> <laughs> just a little scamp, little scampy boy. <laughs> oh, a little scampy boy, a little shrimp scampy. Okay, all right, yeah. I hear where you're coming from. Yeah, and then. So, yeah, kind of coming closer to the end here, like, I think it's kind of whack that, like, Ramon got drafted still. I don't know. It just seems like a really shitty thing to be like, yeah, they made it through all this. And and then he's going to go see the real horrors, like the really bad shit, the shit that's way worse than this. Well, that's I mean, that's reality. Yeah. I, I mean, what, what so. are they going to do? He's gonna be like, yeah, I'm going to could have been a whole other fucking thing. Where he's like, yeah, I'm going to fucking run off to Canada. I just think that I think they could have just not shown it and that would have been better. But like, yeah, that's also fair. Yeah. As is, it's just like, oh, 
okay, I guess. Bye. <laughs> um, and then like they have this kind of like in the ending, they have like, oh, we're going to find out what this book it is and like how to do the thing but it's like you already did the it was sarah she wrote it and she made the issues like she made the problems happen and you fix that so why is the book when do they say that oh there there's like the ending where like they're driving in the truck and it's stella and her dad and the the other girl um, and she's got like a big scar on her face. And it's like, it's like this driving off into the sunset ending where it like implies that they're going to like, they're going to go catch the other monsters or something. And it's just a very, it feels like a really shitty setup for like a sequel, um, which is happening by the way, a sequel of this is being made. Oh, and good. it just, it just feels like, like, wait, why is, why is this book? Why does it matter still? Like, what is the, I don't, I don't even get why this is like still a plot What's the point. driving? Yeah. So it's that she's trying to figure out a way to bring back Augie, like using the book or whatever. Uh, Augie and Chuck. Yeah. Right. Okay. I mean, mm. that makes sense. Come on. I don't, I don't, of course you'd want to get your friends back. I sure. But like. I like don't, if you can end it, if you can use the the power of the book to end it, you can bring them back. But but why would they drive somewhere else to figure this out when we already know the source of the book's power is from like Sarah's hatred? They're just going somewhere else. Who cares if they're they're driving somewhere to figure it out? They're just leaving. But yeah, and it doesn't make sense. It's like they're driving away from the fucking hole that their buddies fell into, basically. Yeah, maybe. But the hole is the book. Yeah, yeah, and they've got it. So why, like, are they... Does, so is then that they can just, go wherever the fuck they want as long as they have it with them. Is that just, is that scene just them like, oh, we do need to drive uh, to the next town over? Because um, they, they have, there's like an egg, there's a farm. They have to get and they, milk. They, yeah, they, they've got like eggs and they're really good. So we're just going to drive be anything, over there. I think it can be anything you want. I think... Uh, yeah, it could be that. It could be like they have to look for something. But I didn't really consider it, to be honest with you. Yeah, I don't think you're supposed to. To be put, well, good. <laughs> then I, for this movie, I was just the perfect blind horror viewer. I guess so. I don't think so, actually. So is it good? You're going to go first. But I am, uh, I just wanted to to preface this with something. I wanted to say that I think what this movie does that is respectable is it doesn't try to build a new audience for the movie the way that um, Goosebumps with Jack Black does. Okay. It tries to, I think it tries to appeal to the original audience, which is uh, a nice thing instead of trying to like dumb down the content, not dumb it down, uh, water down the content. I think a lot of this is really grotesque and the grotesqueness is a, uh, a welcome thing. Anyway, mm. just wanted to say that. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. So objectively, I think I'm going to give this a four. Okay may like yeah maybe even a maybe even a three i i think this movie's kind of stinky um i just it's just like it's such a like rote concept and i don't think i don't think it does anything new with it i don't think it that it does it particularly well and i feel like it actually does it quite poorly um there's like a lot of exposition that's just like really clumsy a lot of the writing in general feels really clumsy as well as the acting. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of issues with it that I've found. And like, you know, the, the, it's redeemed somewhat by the art of like the monsters and like, even I, I harshed on the, the Doty Walker a bit, but, um, there's some moments where it's limbs move and it like looks really unnatural, especially when they're in the, uh, mansion again at the end right 
Um, I think there's some really cool animation of that where like it's coming up the stairs and it's like climbing up the banisters in this really weird, almost spider like way. Mm. Um, like, I think that that stuff as well as like the pale lady and like, you know, just the way that the zombie toe thing is like modeled and animated is like very cool. Um, right. Yeah. One, one shot that I really like with the doty Walker is that when it first comes down the chimney and its limbs are coming together and it shows the leg and the leg the the camera like rotates with the leg and i think that's a really neat shot of like implying movement i think that was the one time in this movie where i looked at like the the camera work and i was like oh that's cool like i did <laughs> i didn't like i i found like a lot of the camera work we didn't really talk about it that much but a lot of the camera work and direction was like very very plain not not bad necessarily very plain with like a lot of dutch angles um which i wouldn't expect considering it's a norwegian director (laughs) Uh um but uh yeah that shot in particular where like the camera is rotating i thought that was a very a very brave shot to put in there and it's very interesting and fun yeah you know what i uh well so what's your subjective review your subjective writing um well i think i i fucking i think i hate this movie really yeah i really don't like it wow that's great i didn't even enjoy it as like an ironic like haha look at that thing i was just kind of like uh all right um i would i would de-evangelize this movie i would tell people not to watch it Um, fuck, that's good yeah i think i'd give it like a two like you know it's not broken it's not like an absolute like useless pile of shit but i'm reviewing this as like a thing to view and even something that is like absolutely fucked like the mario bros movie or whatever right or things that are worsely produced than that even i those are more entertaining generally yeah this was just like just kind of nothing and like poorly produced i think um and and like honestly i would rather i would rather just like if the thing that's saving this movie for me is the art direction of these creatures i still think that the art of the creatures of all these monsters from the books is like a million times better i think those illustrations are incredible and if I have to sit through this film to get to like the visuals of these creatures and while they are amazingly done in this film, they aren't, they just aren't as they don't convey as much like sheer horror and like weirdness as those illustrations. So I, right. I would say that like, I would rather look at four of the drawings from the books than watch this movie like I think that that would be a much better uh experience. So what's that on the milk scale for you? Um fuck. What is what is my milk scale again? Just I type think... it into the fucking uh, algorithmometer. Oh yeah, sorry, one sec. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I've got it back. I think this is skim milk. I think it's just, it's just kind of watery, kind of weird. Maybe it's like powdered milk that you mixed a little too much water into. I think I might've used that metaphor before. I think you did. Um, it just, there's no, there's very little substance to this movie. I find, Mm, mm -hmm. and like where it does have substance, it is not it's not pleasant to take in. It's like the fat hasn't like rendered yet. It's a little, <laughs> it's just, it's just a mess. It feels I like love, a mess to me. I love how you always go so in depth with your, your dairy analogies. It's great. Oh, of course. I just slap it on there, but you get right in. Okay. So for me, so check this out. So, um, yeah, check it out. I f- yeah. Check it out. I found this movie entertaining to watch, uh, just as a regular, a regular old viewer. Um, Mm -hmm. and I definitely think 
you know, I was the right audience for this movie. Now, I'm not really a horror guy, right? It's yeah. not my genre. Uh, I don't like watch a whole bunch of it. I don't, and not because I'm like, oh, I'm a big fucking scaredy cat. A little bit, not really. I'd say you're less of a scaredy cat than me. Yeah. It's just less your thing. See, and I like, I usually say I like horror that has a purpose, mm. right? I like horror that like is scary for a reason um, and not just like fucking the Saw movies, for example. It's not my thing. Sure. Right? Um, this movie I enjoyed as like a fun, scary romp through these kids' lives. Okay. And I think... Yeah, I don't disagree with you that like some of the writing is kind of poor. Um, I don't think that for me, honestly, the act, the ki- kids acting didn't terribly detract from the watchability of it. Okay. Uh, I thought the writing was like, yeah, ham handed and kind of bad sometimes, but I don't think that it like it didn't make it unwatchable for me uh, either okay. time that I watched this. I really liked obviously the the monster designs. I thought they were really good. Um, yeah. And there are like some questionable, you mentioned the questionable exposition. I don't disagree with that, but, uh, I think that it's like an enjoyable, scary, spooky romp for someone who thinks fondly of those stories. Um, so for me, I give it like a seven to watch and I give it like probably a six. Okay. Uh, on the objective, on the objective writing. Very, very divisive. It is. And I think that's great. Like we, I don't think we've had a piece yet where we've been that separate on these, which is great. Yeah. It's, it's been fun, uh, tearing down this movie that you enjoyed. Um, Hey, it's been, it's been fun, uh, talking about why you don't like it. (laughs) Well, that's good. I, I have been told that at least I can be entertaining when I'm, tearing apart things well you know at least uh it gives me license to hate something oh yeah when when you give it to me i can't wait for that actually i can't wait to just be like there was nothing fucking here for me this is this is not good like i can't wait i don't know what it's gonna be because most (laughs) of the time you give me shit that i've never even fucking heard of fucking next episode you're like oh yeah lupin the third the animation was fucking garbage i hate it (laughs) Maybe. Maybe we feel like that. I do like that we had such disparate opinions. It's good. Um, I wanted to thank everyone for tuning in. I want to say happy Halloween. It is Halloween. Here we are on Saturday. Yep. No, you're probably listening on Halloween or you're not. You're listening afterwards. And we're not. I mean, I'm in my costume. Yeah, me too. You know, just hanging out. Yep. All dressed up nice. Me and Dark Alphonse. Yeah, I'm dressed up as a spooky skeleton. Love that guy. Yeah, he's a good guy. Okay, uh, listen, thanks very much for uh, checking it out. We're going to be back next week, uh, November 8th, with another one. Wait, is it the 8th? Whatever, a fucking week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would be fascinated to hear that. Metacritic a- agrees with you, at least. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, is this art good? Also, tell us which one of us you agreed with on uh, yeah. Scary yeah. Stories. Send us an email or send us a voice message. The link is in the episode description. You know what? Uh, you know what's great about this um, being a bonus episode? What's that? We just ha- fucking turn it off when we're done. <laughs>